Calvin, what's the most adventurous holiday drink? Oh, adventurous holiday drink. Um, well, I'm telling you, Jared, I'm going to make it tomorrow. I got a recipe from a guy to make homemade Baileys. All in, a f- one full liter. He says uh, 16 bucks. Come on. Yeah, so you should be expecting one in the mail. And he said it's slightly boozier. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that means, that, but I feel good to have the control in my own kitchen as opposed to him. That means more holiday cheer, buddy. More holiday cheer. Oh, well, welcome back once again to the Open Road Podcast. My name is Calvin here with my good pal, Jeremy, and uh, we're just having a, a great little evening, you know, uh, in our own little uh, houses and ready to do a little banter for you. This podcast is all about helping you find more adventure in the everyday. That's right, and, in the drudgery. And, <laughs> well, it's funny because right now, Calvin and I are in sitting in our homes our lives. alone on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah. We are not finding adventure tonight. How do you know? Well, I, you know, again, like as we've said, the adventure of starting this podcast means we got to sit here, you know, at least once a week. And, and you're and sitting there with make, some cheap swill, probably getting slaughtered. <laughs> so, I mean, okay, this is not cheap swill. This is eggnog, and believe it or not, we got this for the Christmas party last week, and we got the best stuff money could buy. This is Bolt House Farms eggnog. Did you forget about it? I didn't see any of that. No, it was on the counter. You missed it. Oh, great. Would you have, would you have had some? Oh, I love eggnog. Dude, have you had the Bolt House Farms eggnog? No, I would never do that. This is turning into an ad, but it is unbelievable. What? Like, just What's when you thought eggnog it? couldn't get any better. Where they put a little carrot juice in it or something? No, it's just fresh. It's 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 spiced a little bit differently, a little more uh, Christmas spices and. Oh really? L- a little mi- mi- perhaps nutmeg. I was about to say, um, my wife just said the word nutmeg, uh, and I don't know what that flavor tastes like, and unless this is what it is, so there it is. Only thing I know about nutmeg is that it's that spice in your cupboard that you use once a year, and you use about or ne- eight or grains never. of it, and yet it sits there the whole time, and you wonder and if there's it's going that- bad. There's a great Simpsons joke when Marge goes into the, the grocery superstore and yeah. she goes, oh, that's a good price for 12 pounds of nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Just sits there. Uh, the Simpsons is a good show. Man, I like grew up watching that TV show. It's like one of the one of the few television shows we were allowed to watch. Hmm. But we're not here to talk about The Simpsons. We are here to whisk you away into a world of adventure, and to do that, we usually have an interview, and then we chat a little bit about what's going on in our in our world. But typically, and by typically I mean now, we like to get to the interview because there might be some new listeners who are looking to looking to hear what's going on in the we world. We hate to drag them uh, through this. <laughs> Through random talk of The Simpsons and different types of eggnog. This week on the podcast, this week on the podcast, Adam Coons, a new friend of ours. Calvin, what are two things you like to do? Two things I like to do are do good, have fun, in the reverse order. So I'm more of a have fun, do good kind of guy. (laughs) You're a bit of a have fun, do good kind of guy? Correct. In that order. I am as well. Now, imagine someone came along and made a company called exactly that, Have Fun, Do Good. Would you be interested in that company? I would say you are a crazy person. How could you do something that you love and are passionate about and make it work? It's not possible. 
Well, Calvin, you are in luck because as you mentioned just a second ago, we have Adam Coons on the podcast who started a very cool travel company called Have Fun, Do Good. This guy lives the dream. And let's let's just bring him on. Adam, uh, thanks for joining us today, man. Yeah, excited to be on. Thank you. Glad we caught you. You were just telling us that you're uh, about to drive across the country tomorrow morning, so this uh, was literally the last minute for us. Yeah, I'm moving to the uh, Bay Area tomorrow, so I definitely uh, wanted to get on the phone with you guys uh, before I start this this new adventure. Are you sitting around like piles of boxes right now? Uh, fortunately for us, my my wife's uh, company paid paid for the move, so um, lovely. It, it was pretty it. awesome because I never had someone move all of our stuff. They packed everything and uh, they pack it. Yeah, they pack it. Um, they just amazing. came in. There were like six guys, and they had our whole house packed in two and a half hours, which was incredible. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I know it's probably like the last thing on your mind is weather stuff, but are you like a little bit excited to be moving to some pretty sweet weather? Absolutely. Yeah. I um, I went to California when I was 18 years old and I was like, okay. I'm going to end up here at some point. So <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I think a good place for us to start is why don't you share a little bit about uh, the adventure that you currently find yourself uh, in the middle of? Sure. Yeah. So um, I, I actually I sold my my first company that I started in November of 2015. So for the last year, um, I've been working on this new venture called Have Fun, Do Good. Um, it's a social good travel company. So we provide group travel experiences. Um, we go all over the country. Uh, we just did our first international trip to Costa Rica. Uh, kind of the unique thing about what we're doing is that we incorporate a, a do good uh, volunteer component into our trip. So uh, yeah, I've just been working really hard and, and trying to, uh, you know, build up the audience and, and get the business off the ground over the last year. What was the company that you sold before that? Yes, yeah, so it was called Rewind Memories. Um, <clears throat> we digitized outdated media. So old home movies, pictures, slides, oh, all, that, cool. all that fun stuff. That's great. Who yeah. are you able to sell that company to? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I sold it. I ended up selling it to my manager. Um, okay. I got a couple offers uh, from some companies here in Pittsburgh. Um, I did it for, when did I start? I started when I was 20 years old for my dorm room, actually. Um, did that for a while. And just it just it was, a, it was a good time for me to get out. Yeah. Uh, the business was doing really well. We opened a couple retail locations. Um, wow. I just, like, creatively, I just had to, to move on. It was, it was a good time. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And so, so, so why don't you tell uh, us... A- yeah, what was your inspiration for uh, Have Fun, Do Good? That seems like uh, jumping to a bit of a, a different uh, environment. Sure, yeah, absolutely. So when I when I graduated college, um, I did a service trip to New Orleans. Um, and I had done volunteer work before, but this this was a pretty intense trip. Um, I wasn't going to go. Uh, my mom was like, you should come. Like, it's going to be a good trip. Um, I ended up meeting, you know, some of my best friends that I still talk to um, to this day. So it was, I mean, definitely a life-changing trip for me. Um, I came home, um, while I was running rewind on the side, I did the corporate thing for a little bit and was just like, this is not for me. So, um, I was living in Pittsburgh at the time and I came home one day and I said to my roommate who I met in new Orleans, um, I said, Hey man, like we got, we got to do something different. So we made this pact that we were going to drive an RV across the country and, uh, do volunteer work for, for a month. So we spent, I don't know, around eight months or so planning out this trip and, and we drove across country and, and set up some volunteer opportunities along the way. So it was, it was pretty incredible. Was it just two of you? 
It was two of us up until Texas, and then we picked up a friend in Texas, and he joined us um, from Texas to San Diego. That's awesome. Yeah, and so very similar to very similar to some of the stuff that Calvin and I did when we uh, did our um, RV trips also across the country. Ours, I would say, was much less planned. So when you say you spent a lot of time planning it, what were some of the things that you plan to do, or did you stay in a specific place for a longer time? Yeah, I mean, logistically, we just. I, I was actually working a corporate job, so I, I kind of built this business, um, you know, in the evenings, um, and it, it wasn't any, there was no plan to even make it a business. We just wanted to do something different. Um, so right. I knew when the time would, would come that I was going to quit my job and we were going to take this RV across the country. So we, we fundraised to get the RV, and this was before Kickstarter and all those outlets yeah, yeah, were yeah. around. So it was a little right. tricky, but... We yeah. raised around $12,000 from friends and family no and uh, bought this 1996 Winnebago Warrior. And she was she was a beast. We loved her. You still have it? No, I don't I don't have it anymore. Very cool. Yeah. That is that is in so many ways similar to to our story, mind you. Well, yeah. Our, our RV cost $2,000 and we got it off Kijiji or that's kind of the Canadian Craigslist. Okay. And uh, we had a, a garage sale to raise a bunch of money to get us across the country to to find people uh, in need. But that's there's some there's some really great parallels there. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean it was it was definitely inspiring for me. We came home from you know that 30 day trip, and uh, we actually we started a nonprofit, um, and it was called the Call to Serve. And we spent hmm. around three years um, sending college students on these RV volunteer trips because we, we filmed this super jank documentary. Uh, I mean, even like <laughs> calling it a documentary is a stretch. Yeah. Um, I did some editing before, but, you know, we edited together this. It was around 40 minutes or so. I didn't know what I was doing. It should have been like five minutes. Um, <laughs> but it was 40 minutes long. And we just went around and, and showed it to our, our friends and family and people that supported us. Um, and we had college students coming up, up to us after saying, Hey, how do, how do I sign up for this? And kind of no had way. that light, light bulb moment where, uh, Hey, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe we could, we could do something with this. And um, so, I, I mean, doing it, I, I feel like it's, what you're doing is a, a little bit different and adding in that service aspect. What, uh, what was the idea with that? I mean, obviously you've done service trips, but I mean, involving, uh, doing like a, an adventuring trip with, with college student age people, adding that in, is that uh, been pretty successful? Yeah, so, so when we were running the call to serve, I would say it was, it was, there was a lot more service involved than what we're doing with Have Fun, Do Good right now. Yeah. Um, I just told myself when I got out of that nonprofit space that I, I was going to come back to, to that space in some form or fashion. I, I love travel, um, and, and just seeing the experiences that we were able to create for these people, and I still keep in touch with a lot of the people that went on these trips. Sure. Um, you know, I, I just knew I had to do something with it. So have fun, do good is, is kind of, kind of the, uh, I don't know, the brainchild or, or whatever you want to call it of, of the call to serve, but just a little different. Hmm. Um, which organization, if you don't mind me asking, did you go to Mississippi with? Um, who did we go with? We worked with Catholic charities down there. I think it was called heart, heart work camp is who set up the, uh, who set up the trip. Nice. Yeah, I, I did. I did. Uh, I went on a trip also to Past Christian in Mississippi. Okay, which is just kind of south of there. I was on the off chance it was the same company we were down there with, or the same organization. Okay, but, yeah, uh, and we worked. Not, in, uh, I was down there with MDS. So okay, cool. Yeah, we worked in uh, in New Orleans. We stayed. We worked uh, primarily in the Ninth Ward, 
and uh hmm. yeah man just just a life-changing trip for sure so do you feel now that you've started uh have fun do good um with you know b- kind of by your own admission a little bit less of a service element are you pretty excited about where it's at or what are kind of what do you what do you think like what are some of the things that you actually do on a trip with have fun do good yeah definitely um just to go back a little bit too the nonprofit space was tricky um and you know that was a not a reason why I didn't continue with the call to serve, but um, you know, I was 24 years old, and it was it was tough to to turn a profit with with what we were mm-hmm. doing. Um, sure, hence the so, nonprofit. Yeah. What's that? Hence nonprofit. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and I, I was just running my, my uh, the co-founder Andrew and I. We were just running solely on passion, and and that's a great thing to have. I mean, I think you mm-hmm. you need it. Um, but it just hit a point where I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm 25 now and I have $200 on my checking account. You know, it's, it's maybe time to, <laughs> you know, start a for-profit company. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, sorry, what was your question there? Well, just ha- are you are you excited about where Have Fun Do Good is today and kind of where do you see it going? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the response so far has been, been great. Um, you know, we're putting on these awesome experiences and I think when you incorporate the volunteer service side of it, even if it is, you know, say 70% fun and, and 30% good, you're still traveling with purpose. Um, you know, and I think that makes all the difference. And what we're learning, the more trips that we do is a lot of the good comes from getting strangers together and, and, and creating dialogue and just, you know, people are coming from all different walks of life. So, um, you know, that's been very powerful for me to see um, the good coming from just meeting people from all over. Well, I think that's interesting. You're touching on some unique territory and um, just doing stuff, uh, doing a trip like that with purpose. I think that's uh, I think that's really important, and that's kind of something that it really uh, creates pretty amazing memories for people to uh, just to contribute. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's been awesome, and, and what we're trying to do and, and kind of create some uniqueness around our program is that you know our volunteer opportunities that we set up um they range from disaster relief efforts to hmm. you know working in animal shelters we were in costa rica we worked at um a turtle uh refuge um so it's it's just been a variety of 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 opportunities for people and i think you know part of our goal is that people are experiencing these volunteer service opportunities and hopefully um you know it's lighting a fire in them and they go back to their hometowns and communities and and want to reach out to nonprofits that exist in their hometowns and hopefully give back uh, in that mm. way. Yeah. So how many uh, how many trips have you done so far? I think we've done we've done about 7 trips so far. 7 or 8 trips. Wow. And how yeah. many bodies per uh, like how many can you fit in is it different every time? Yeah, so it depends. Um we when we first started we were running trips to New York City. So we did hmm, four oh, cool. tri- Yeah, four trips to New York City just cuz it's relatively close to Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh, and we were calling them weekend warrior trips. Um, we had anywhere from six to eight people on those, and then we did our biggest trip um, last summer. We went to, uh, we did a national park tour. So we had 15 people on that trip. Um, wow. We had 10 people in Costa Rica. So it ranges, you know, anywhere from I'd say eight to eight to 15 people. For that uh, national park trip, do you rent a couple of RVs and take people through? Do you go by car? What's kind of the the format of it? Yeah, we rented two 15 passenger vans, and oh, then really? we um, yeah we camped one night in the Grand Canyon. We stayed in an Airbnb one night, and then we actually stayed in yeah we we used Airbnb uh, for two different accommodations. We stayed in a houseboat actually, which was awesome at Lake Powell. Cool. Yeah, so it's it's super unique, and and the experience is awesome. 
And, and so, it sounds like you're pretty involved. Like you're on every uh, every trip so far. Yeah, I've been on every trip. I, I kind of you know wear <laughs> wear all hats. Um, yeah you know, with the business. So I'm, I'm on all yeah, trips that's right awesome. now. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it's really cool. I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way right now. Uh, does your wife come on some with you? She, she doesn't, we, we try to keep that separate and you know, it's, it's, it's good for us. We like to travel um, on our own, but you know, when I'm on these trips, it's, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's work for me and I look at it as work and I want to make sure, yeah, sure our sure. participants are having the best experience possible. So, you know, I, I take it, I take it pretty seriously. No, that's great. Yeah, and that's great. Um, how long have you guys been married? Uh, a year and uh, three months now. Nice. Congrats. Yeah. High, high school sweethearts. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no for sure. Very cool. Uh, so one thing we also like to explore is what are, you know, why has it been meaningful for you to start this or what's been some, some meaning that you've derived out of Have Fun, Do Good and, you know, maybe even beyond that are there any neat stories of, of other people finding uh i don't know finding themselves or finding some, yeah, or some uh, additional purpose yeah absolutely um i mean just to go back you know for me when when i was in college i went to the university of pittsburgh i did a um semester at sea so we um it was a hundred day cruise around the world we, we circumnavigated the globe and stopped in you know, 10 or 11 different countries so you know as a as a 20 year old kid for, for all intents and purposes wow. i mean it was just this game changing experience yeah i mean it was just like non-stop and i think my personality lends itself to i just constantly want to be doing something and and that right. trip was like adventure to the extreme i mean it was just <laughs> it was just so cool um so i came back from that trip and, and you know the semester c that they tell the parents like hey your your kid's gonna go through some type of depression you know and it hit me hmm. really hard because our last stops it was like japan hawaii and san diego um so I came back to Pittsburgh in the dead of winter and it just was like, man, I'm, I'm just missing, I'm missing wow. that. So it definitely instilled yep. in me this, this travel bug, um, that I still have today. And I think, you know, it's provided a lot of inspiration for the ventures that I've, I've gotten myself into, uh, over the years for sure. What are your thoughts on, I mean, with the millennial generation, um, there seems to be a lot of, um, uh, I guess just like like a lot of buzz around millennials kind of doing like a, a gap year program or or doing trips like that around the world. Um, what are your thoughts on you know um, maybe having that as a marketable space or using Have Fun Do Good uh, to incorporate that somehow? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, f for me personally, I mean, it made a huge impact on me. So so I'm I'm all for it. For it. Yeah. I, mean, I think taking a year off right after high school. Had I known about something like that, I you know I I would have done it in a heartbeat. I just think mm -hmm. it forces you to grow up so quickly and and just really, mm -hmm. you know, teaches you about what's going on in the world and and how fortunate um, you know we are to, to to live where we're at and 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 the freedoms that we have. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I definitely encourage anyone that that can do that to uh, to get involved. Is that uh, is that kind of the demographic your trips are aimed at? Kind of. 18 to 25 or I, yeah, so 16 to 30 or what? Yeah, we're kind of in a weird spot with that right now, truthfully, because, um, you know, I was marking as uh, 21 to 35 year olds. And then I, I, yeah, I've okay. been getting emails, the, the more the word's been getting out about what we're doing. And, you know, I had a call from a gentleman the other day that was 68 years old. Um, right. So, you know, I have other people that help me out, but at the same time, a lot of it is me. So, I, yeah. I want to grow it slowly and, and methodically because um, we did 
think about um, tapping into that college market, but I just don't think we're there quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our trips aren't crazy expensive, but at the same time, I think they lend themselves um, probably to someone who has a decent job or that can, you know, justify making the purchase to, uh, to come on a trip with us. Sure. Well, and then you can probably do some more interesting stuff if you have a little bit of a bigger budget. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because even with this Grand Canyon trip, um, you know, it's it, it was an expensive trip to pull off, and you can you can imagine staying in a houseboat, and we're trying to just create really cool experiences. So that that does lend itself to, you know, making the trip costs go up a little bit. But um, sure. yeah, we're still trying to dial in kind of that perfect um, age range. I don't think there's going to be one. I mean, if we had a fifty year old come on a trip, awesome. Uh, you know, that would be super fun as long as they're, they're adventurous and young at heart. I, I think they'd, yeah. they'd be a fine fit on the trip. Well, it's cool too, because your trips are relatively small groups. And so it's so dependent on the you know, personalities and the sensibilities of the people involved. I mean, every trip, if you did the same trip, you know, whatever you did the New York city trip a few times, you said, I'm sure those were different experiences every time just with having different people involved. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the personalities really kind of dictate what what the trip's going to be like. And, and fortunately, you know, a lot of people that are signing up for these trips, they're adventurous to begin with, um, and they're wanting to step mm. outside their comfort zone. So I don't think it's so much a matter of age as it is just kind of frame of mind, and uh, you know, just having a positive attitude really goes a long way on these trips. Hmm. It's it's also really interesting, Adam, to hear you chatting a little bit about developing your kind of value proposition so my wife and i we went to uh, iceland recently and had someone basically um you know we went through a travel company where they booked all of our uh, accommodations and whatever we we paid them all the money and then everything was was done for us and th- that was so great because it was zero um headaches so it's interesting to hear you talk about how you're developing what's the right price point what's the right age group how do we you know, now that you're looking at this as a for-profit business, how do you make a, a, a living off this? What's um, like what's one thing that you've learned from trying to figure out that right mix? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, this this first year has been challenging as a stretch. I mean, there's been ups and downs, and and I learned that from starting my my first business. So that definitely prepared me for doing this. Um, it's just it's a different type of business. You know, unfortunately. There's not a guide on on the interwebs for start for starting a travel business. Yeah, so a lot yeah, of it is, exactly. you know, it's it's trial and error, and it's it's figuring out your margins and, and your marketing and, and how much you want to um, invest in that. So this this year, I've just sure. been looking at as, hey, we're going to do these trips, even if we lose a little bit of money, um, we're going to invest in the content side of things and and really focus on being able to sell these trips um, in the new year. And I, you know, I think. You have to do the trips <laughs> to get the content, um, and if you ha- and, and that's what I've been looking at it as, uh, as far as marketing budgets concerned, um, investing in that side of things. Well, good where, for you. I you guys, think that's a uh, tough thing to figure out. Where do you guys look forward for uh, like the next uh, you know year and a half or so of upcoming trips? Have you thought that far ahead or? Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say that's like the main thing I'm learning is we have to be looking so far in advance. Um, mm. Well, so, yeah, because people want to plan these things, right? Like it's um, yeah, big trips for a lot of people. Right, absolutely. And um, you know, airfare is is typically cheapest seventy two days out, um, seventy two mm. days out or longer. So you know, that's that definitely factors into it. Um, as far as upcoming trips, we have a trip in February to Breckenridge, Colorado, which I'm really excited about. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, we're working with the Adaptive Ski and Snowboard Program through Breckenridge Outdoor Education Center. Hmm. 
So um, we have a big house rented out in Breckenridge, and we're going to try to fill that up with uh, with 12 people, hopefully. So I'm, I'm really excited about that trip. That'll be our first big winter um, adventure-type trip. Um, and so we're really trying to go hard after skiers and snowboarders who, who want to do something a little different this winter. And hopefully we get dumped on out there and get to get to ride some fresh pow. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Are you marking oh, that at all? February, you uh, should be good. Are you going to market that all to maybe non uh, non skiers and snowboarders? Because you you mentioned earlier that you uh, have some instructor experience. Yeah. So um, after speaking with the outdoor education center, the only requirement they have is um, you know that you could ride a blue square, like their equivalent uh, yeah. to a blue square out there. Because we we'll, we will be instructing one day. Um, right. So yeah, nice. we've been you know you know targeting some skiers and snowboarders out through Facebook ads and uh, that trip's starting to to garner quite a bit of interest. We have we have five signups right now. So I'm I'm hoping we could hit the uh, the twelve sign up mark. That would be the goal with this one. That's, That's awesome. a, and are you guys gonna drive for that or or uh, fly down? Yeah, we'll fly in and then we'll you know, part of the um, the the trip cost includes the shuttle uh, to and from Denver International. Um, so we'll handle all that, but yeah, this will yeah. be a, uh, we'll be staying in one place this trip. No, no road trip component really on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. for the ski bums who want to do something a little different. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, we have Costa Rica coming up in April again. Um, and then we have our national park trip this summer and hopefully we'll add one more trip in. Um, we were thinking San Diego for June cause we had a really good time there on our SoCal road trip in October. That's awesome. Yeah. Any uh, you, any uh, notable stories uh, come up in yes. these trips? I mean, maybe you got like one uh, one amazing story to share with us on the podcast here. We we love uh, we love a good story. Yeah, there. I mean, there's some awesome stories. I don't know that there's like one that like. Yeah. Well, I mean this 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 one's kind of crazy. Um, just because it it was on our most recent trip. Um, Ben, who who's kind of like my right hand man, we were driving to. We had to pick up the rest of the crew getting into Costa Rica uh, airport. So we put in our GPS the the coordinates for the airport, and we had no idea. Someone did mention to us, like, hey, GPS is not really reliable down here. Right. Um, so the way that it took us, I mean, we were on these dirt roads. I mean, it was nuts. We had a, I think we had a Mitsubishi Montero Sport. I mean, it was, it was pretty... Pretty good with four-wheel drive. Um, yep. I wasn't overly concerned about it, but I knew within probably 15 minutes of the trip, like we weren't going the way that we came the day before. Um, <laughs> it's a horrible feeling. Oh, it was it was awful. So we're on this, and, and, and we found out too, like it, they were just ending their rainy season. So when we told people we were staying in Ostia and all, they were like how, you know, you need to be careful. I mean, you, you, might, you might get shut down. I mean, you might not be able to drive. You have to cross a couple rivers. And I'm wow. thinking like, oh my gosh, like where are we at? So we put in the GPS and it just gives us the most direct route possible to the airport. I and mean, it was a straight line. I actually have a screenshot of it I could send you guys. But um, <laughs> we were roughing it. I mean, I, I did some off-roading. I had a Wrangler and I, I beat that thing up. These, I, I didn't know where we were. We were driving up <laughs> these mountains and uh, he's trying to film and he's like hitting his head <laughs> off the roof. I mean, we were going through, uh, this story is not even doing it any justice, but at one point I was like, if we break down here, we get a flat, like we're, we are completely screwed. Yeah. Um, wow. and then we hit this point, like we're on top of this mountain and it's beautiful, but this fog came over and then it started raining and there was, oh. we hit this Y and I didn't know which way to go. Um, oh. I was like, Oh, this could be really bad. So Left luckily, right. yeah, we went the right way. 
Um, I'd say it was like about an hour of that type of driving. And wow. then we finally hit pavement and we we're like, oh my goodness. We, we like stopped and high-fived and uh, just had a total bro moment. It was, it was, it was pretty <laughs> awesome. That's hilarious. Like the GPS just giving you the, uh, as the crow flies coordinates. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was absolutely nuts. Like I don't, we were trying to explain that story to people. And like, I, again, I, I can't do it justice. We do have some video I could send you as well, but I mean, it was just like, it was just gnarly, like single track quad tracks. Wow. And, and we had this SUV on there. We just had like no business being there, but, um, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully you made it. So that was, that was pretty awesome. Off Those disaster path. stories are amazing, and they, they they happen to everyone along the way, and they're they're just part of the uh, everyday road life. Yeah, and that was my first time to Costa Rica too, so that was um, that was cool. I mean, it's just a beautiful country, and uh, you know, being able to say we we really went off roading in Costa Rica is is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's great. For a guy who's been around the world, are there any other places that are uh, must sees for for two Canadian guys who've seen only a small corner of the world? Um, yeah, there was, uh, South Africa. I was a big fan of nice. We did, uh, we went great white shark diving in South Africa. So that was, uh, what is that? That was pretty, pretty crazy. We were in a cage, um, and they were, they were bringing up great white sharks to our cage. Um, so wow. that, Jared, they're like whales, but they're, um, like they look like kind of like a whale dolphin ish creature, okay, okay, but they okay. swim in water. Um, yeah. that's basically all the details I can provide for yeah, you. Yeah, they're pretty cr- like if you ever seen Google Google them. Are, are there teeth? Yeah, if you've ever seen Jaws, you know, like <laughs> that's that would be it. <laughs> and so these massive creatures are right outside your cage is what you're telling me. Yeah, it was crazy too cuz like I saw videos when I got home and uh you know like the sharks were getting in, in the top of the cage. It's like we didn't have anything over the top of the cage. Um so that was that was pretty crazy. I was young and I, I just didn't really care. I didn't even think about it. I was like, "Yeah, let's go great white shark diving." That's a good video awesome. to see afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. We all called our parents afterwards. We're like, hey, like, <laughs> thanks for thanks for the great white shark shark diving experience. That was awesome. I've heard That's there's so also good. amazing bungee jumping in South Africa. That must be a big thing there or something. Yeah, for sure. We were there for I think we had like four days there, so it was like tough. Like a lot of people went skydiving, uh, definitely yeah. bungee jumping. Um, it's it's a beautiful place. I, I highly recommend checking it out. We hiked up Table Mountain one day. It's just, it's oh, beautiful. that's amazing! I've seen tons of pictures of that. Yeah, it was super cool. Japan's awesome. Um, Vietnam is beautiful. Great Wall of China. I mean, there are like so many cool places to go. So it's it, awesome. Is your maybe one of your long time or long term dreams to do uh, to do a trip like that with have fun do good, like do a do an around the world trip. That that would be pretty incredible, yeah. I mean, if we uh, if we grow significantly here over the next few years, I'd I'd love to do something like that. That would be that'd be pretty incredible. Hmm. We'll have to come on that one and uh, do some podcasts. I think so. That I think would we'd be have to go. We'll just bring you guys along. Just bring your yeah, podcast obviously. equipment, and we'll we, we got uh, a mobile we'll go setup. To, yeah, we'll go to town. Crank out That's a couple awesome. episodes. That'd be wicked. I, I love it. So uh, for those of us who aren't traveling around the world uh, every single day or, or have an, an awesome travel company that uh, allows people to have fun and do good, uh, <laughs> what are some tips to uh, add more adventure to our everyday? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, even with a lot of these trips, like I'm not constantly on the road and, and my wife, <laughs> she could attest to this. Like when I get home from these trips, like I, I go through this, like I'm bummed out for a couple days. But sure. you know, I think a big part of it is, um, you know, I can't be super adventurous every day, and I, I don't think most normal human beings can. Like, we have jobs. We have to make money. Um, you know, I think when you think adventurously, that's that's kind of a big part 
of, of what I've been able to do. And, and it, it hmm. just, it gives me a ton of energy. Um, you know, even this Breckenridge trip that we're planning out, I genuinely have a love for snowboarding. We did a learn the snowboard event, uh, day last year here in Pittsburgh, we worked with inner city kids. So I, I think for me, it's, it's thinking adventurously into things that I really enjoy doing. And then if we could center some good around that, um, you know, that's, that's, that's how I operate. So I, I, th- I think for other people, yeah, I mean, think adventurously, plan that next trip out, um, daydream a little bit. It's, it's fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Very helpful. Yeah. Adam, uh, thanks so much for coming on tonight, man. This is, uh, yeah, it's been really great. And I think really helpful for our listeners. Um, we're, uh, yeah, we're really excited for, uh, what you guys are doing and, uh, yeah, excited to see where it goes. Yeah. It was awesome talking to you guys. Adam, thank you for inspiring us to have fun and do good. I love it. <laughs> Adam, great time with you. Uh, I'm so I, I would love to go on one of those road trips. That'd be really fun. Just he's got a ton of trips going on. It's interesting because yeah. he's friends with the uh, with the Seneca Creek uh, guys too. Yes, they're all yes, the uh, they're all connected. Well, they're from the Sylvania, the Sylvania, Pennsylvania, yeah. um, Pennsylvania. Ha- have you been to Pittsburgh? Mm, I think I've driven through Pittsburgh. Yeah, that is so. No, no, I have not been to Pittsburgh. No, I I went. We yeah. toured around what the one university. There's this one really cool tall building. I forget where it was, but you know, that, and then we and then we kept moving. Yeah, huh? Um, I I think it's really cool. I think um, yeah, I think it's he's got a, a really cool uh future ahead of himself. Like just with just with how they can grow and scale that business and just get more and more creative and it's just a it's a creative person's dream to be involved there somehow and uh and just working there and, and making these amazing trips and journeys and uh every unique situation. So we wish you all the best Adam and uh let's uh plug his uh, upcoming trip to Breckenridge. That's coming up soon. So if you're interested in that, I mean they're still looking for some people to go on that trip. So do, do get in touch with them, information in the show notes, and uh, this week on the Instagram, we'll post a, a pic or two and some links and stuff like that. So that's the, their next trip coming up, and they're promoting that uh, right no now. No experience required. No, no. Probably to have fun skiing, you want a little bit of experience, but hey, get out there, yep. try something new, meet some new people, have fun, do some good. Got to be hot tub friendly. Jerry, what are your thoughts on hot tubs? Um, Thoughts? Public or private? Um, <laughs> private. <laughs> well, he, okay. He, even then, it's sketchy. You think even then it's sketchy? I'm I'm always slightly weirded out by them. Okay, so here's a here here's a, we we didn't necessarily plan to go here, and we could spend a lot of time here, but let's just spend a little bit of time here. So I don't think I've told, public water. I don't think I've told people on the podcast that uh, my wife and I recently bought a house. Okay. I don't think okay. I don't think we've said that on the podcast. So that's a super exciting adventure that we're embarking on, the adventure of home ownership. And we're gonna call it adventure versus call calling it like settling or selling out or anything like that. We're gonna call it an adventure. <laughs> um for, this, for the sake of this argument, I'll let that one go. <laughs> thank you very much. Um uh, no, but we are really excited. And this house we have, it comes with a hot tub. Oh, no way. Did you know that? Uh, what I uh, maybe I did know that, but I just, I thought I thought this was your it. I thought this was your sneaky way of like getting me to tell the listeners no, that this was going on in my life. No, I had no idea. Um, uh, so, so, so I have like really hilarious. mixed feelings because I think it's a nice thing to have, but in my mind, it's also a pretty unnecessary luxury that costs potentially a lot of money to keep hot and to use the chemicals and to upkeep to maintain. Well, for sure, it's 
you hit the nail on the head. It is absolutely a luxury item. Yeah, it's a complete um, luxury. That being item. said, I, I I I've heard it's a dollar a day to keep that thing on, which I think is probably not that true. So I would then I think you're safe at like a dollar fifty a day. I was gonna say that honestly, be, probably double it. Yeah, probably double it. So I just and, and so I don't know what to plus do. Your chem. All yeah, obviously, I, all of our friends who who we talk to, they're like, "Oh, you got to keep it." I kind of want to just sell it. It's in really good condition. It's basically brand new. But I want you to keep it because I want to go in it. Exactly. So, are you willing to pay the one dollar when you come over? Should I have a, a hot tub jar? <laughs> yeah, I'll pay. A, I'll pay a dollar for sure. That's fine. A dollar for uh, our, our usage. No, so we would. That's fair. We would just never do that to our guests, though. You know. But anyways, well, it is it. So that's the thing. Like, I would never go and buy one, but the house kind of came with one. So, what do you do in that scenario? I don't know. I I, I think they're yeah. They're, I think they're like the classic thing that you. I think a lot of people get, and then they never use. I know, and it's but but everyone thinks it's like the most idyllic backyard situation yeah. oasis. Yeah, you just gotta um, use so it a lot for it to be worth it. But anyways, what? Why were you asking? <laughs> I was asking because I had a pretty funny hot tub situation the other day. Chad and I were at his parents' house, and it was last weekend pretty – it was really, really cold and stormy here last weekend. And so we're like, oh, let's go jump on the hot tub. And it was pretty late at night. So we run out into the uh, – like we run out the doors, and it's super windy. It's freezing. We're in, just in our bathing suits. Rip the cover off the hot tub. Jump in. Cold. No. <laughs> it's so awful. No. It's not cold, cold, but it's like not hot. And it's – you could – it was like cold to the touch at the bottom and so the the top like three inches was kind of like lukewarmish so we're like oh so we just kind of floated starfished at the top for um about like five ten minutes contemplating our escape that is and the worst oh uh, jerry it was awful <laughs> i wanted to cry i wanted to cry I, like it's just you know what i'm, I'm so looking forward to just diving into this warm you know un- like uncomfortably hot tub yes. and then you get in it's already freezing outside and the water's cold <laughs> I mean, come on honestly i am just i am impressed that you didn't actually cry you know being on the verge of tears i under like i don't know how you just didn't end up bawling together with it chad and then cuddling for warmth sucked. it sucked yeah that, that so, is so good <laughs> but anyways i'm really not normally a hot tub guy sure. but now I'm really, I'm never going on one again. I don't trust them. Okay, what if someone goes in first and then can wave you on from the indoors? Even then, I'm still always like the legs in guy sitting on the edge. Well, and here's the problem. Hot. It's also like there's the chemicals in there. So even if you end up going in the hot tub, you, you kind of have to shower after. <laughs> kind of. I mean, hot tubs are like the complete ante of our uh, conversation. Of our zero waste with guy. zero waste. <laughs> Did you? How did you find yourself uh, doing this past week with zero waste? I it t- honestly, Jer, it's been on my mind a lot. I love that. I so, love that. Yeah, and my I had a little goal this week to not produce any uh, garbage yeah. in my lunches. Good for you. And I think I was really, really close to. I texted you today that I thought I did that, and then I thought about it, and I was like, oh no, I had a couple of granola bars this week, which had wrappers, so but, that killed me. But did you buy those fresh this week, or were you using them up to never buy them again? Uh, we I think we were using, using <laughs> that maybe I don't know yeah for yeah oh yeah for sure well it it is it is um no good for you man and w- now that I think about it almost every day I bring a lunch and it's in a glass container so I try to do my yeah, part we're doing pretty good yeah 
So I, th- I thought of this thing, Jer, you know, about the whole eating cows thing. And so would you rather eat? And we had this conversation about endangered species earlier, which also got me thinking about it. Would you rather eat 10 cows or eat one snowy owl? Hmm. Endangered species, 10 cows. I don't think an owl would taste good, so I'd probably rather have 10 cows. Oh, I think an owl would be delish. Like nice and greasy? Uh, <laughs> I don't know about greasy. Has anyone ever thought of eating an owl? Well, like duck is a greasy bird, so wouldn't you think an owl would be as well? No, man. They're just so majestic. But they're uh, so, oh, Interesting. So you'd eat a snowy owl and leave the 10 cows on the table. Do you know how long 10 cows would last you? How long 10 cows would last? I'm not saying I would do it. I just no, think you, it would you be delicious. No, you are saying, and I get 10 cows, and you only get one snowy owl. <laughs> All right, maybe I would. Okay, what about this, though? What about a tiger? What kind of tiger? Those white ones? Yep, a white tiger. Or um, those kiwi birds in Australia that are also endangered, and you can have ten, 20 of those. 20 of those little <laughs> birds? <Yeah. laughs> I would take those things for sure. Really? They're probably so good. I love poultry, though. Okay, but that that then sends the entire population into extinction. You would still yeah, do it. Yeah, pretty much. There are only 10 with a side of platypus. <laughs> Little side of platypus tail, like a beaver tail. <laughs> uh, one thing I also want to talk about on this on this this week's show, uh, speaking of the topic of do good, is it was interesting. There were a lot of parallels with Adam and his story of kind of how we got into the idea of road tripping. And it was very similar to ours, where we wanted to Yo, trip, yeah. but um, we also wanted to do some good on the road. It's really what started this whole thing called the Open Road Podcast was the Open Road Project, Open Road Project. Um, you want to talk about some good good we did out there? We don't often talk about it, but it's kind no, of... we don't. We, we, we never take the time to uh, really boast about our giving. <laughs> our but, good I mean, this deeds is, and our selflessness. It's the season of giving. Um, what did we do? I mean, we kind of like... I always... <laughs> we exchanged a day of labor at an organic farm for a meal, which was, I thought, pretty good. That was so cool because the guy who who ran the organic farm... We met his worker's friend in Prince Edward Island. No, it was in New Brunswick. Yeah. And then yep. uh, they hooked us up with this organic farm, and we went there and cleared rocks. And that's basically what we did all day, eh? out of a field? Bas- yeah, we basically just cleared rocks out of the field. I mean, we weren't working that hard, and we were goofing around. Uh, and then we got like this amazing you know, home-cooked organic farm meal out of it, which was unbelievable. And that was so fun, too. We were sitting on the grass with this family we had never met before, and the kids were running around, and we're just yep. sharing a meal together. That was a really fun time. Where else did we help out? We uh, Oh, we raked that guy's lawn? I thought that was great. Um, we saw this this older guy raking uh, his lawn as we drove past, and so we kind of pulled over, and um, four guys hop out of the... No, I think it was... No, because there were two of us working at the thrift store and two of us who went over to rake this guy's oh, lawn. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because we were going to get lunch or something, and so we stopped by on the way back. And this guy just seems so weirded out that two young, punky-looking kids would want to would wanna help him. But he really quickly warmed up to us, and we helped him for probably about an hour rake his lawn. And then we said, all right, we got to go. He's like, oh, no, you got to swing back with the other guys once you get the RV. And uh, so we 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 went on back, and his wife had baked some fresh cookies, and he had this amazing wine cellar of homemade wine, and he gave us some wine. It was awesome. Yep, that was great. 
rarely did we ever do anything and not get something in return. I know. You notice that? Like, people, like, I feel like people just cannot accept the free gift that is generally labor from us. But it was also nice Um, because it was this currency that wasn't monetary. It was, like, sharing. Oh, yeah. I love love bartering. And this was not really bartering, but kind of close. And it 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 was fun and unexpected, right? Like, we weren't expecting to get that nice treats from these people yeah it was definitely fun to do something for somebody and then have them give us something in return that would kind of sustain us so it wasn't money but it kind of kept us either fed or excited or hungry for whatever was next that was always really cool Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh yeah no doing uh having fun doing good they don't seem like they go together but they do oh they work really well Oh, i think they really do go together and yeah. And it is interesting, though, right? Because there's that balance between are you just getting the is is the helping all out of selfish motive because you want the good feels. That's an interesting right? thought, because, too. Right, right, Cause right. Because you do get the good feels. And so that's in many ways like, you know, what people's beef is with ra- random acts of kindness and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like, you can don't judge someone else's heart. They could easily be doing something totally out of their own selfish motives, but they're only going to realize it after actually doing something and then learning themselves if they were only after the glory, you know? Um, the cool thing that I like about Adam's company and trips that they're doing is that their f- primary focus is like the adventure and having fun. And then they throw in like often, maybe he said like 30% is the... Um, like the worker do good aspect. And I just like that he's kind of put the focus that way. And so many times you hear about these um, like mission trips or something where they're like, so like mission focused and they, you know, kind of boast their message. And then you find out they were like at a resort or something for half the time, or it's always kind of a, uh, not great. Right. Like if you, if you say it's all about one thing, but then it really looks the other way, it's better to call it, call it as it is, is what you're saying. Well, yeah, I mean, but also, but I mean, more so than just call it as it is, go the other way with it so that you're just kind of throwing it like, like, I think the best thing about, I mean, the random acts of kindness is that like, it is kind of just between you and whoever you're helping out. It's not this big public declaration and it doesn't need to be ever. So it's just kind of nice to keep it on the DL. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing too, about trips like that is the do good component is, is great. Like when we did our little service projects for whoever we met like those are great but really the lasting impact that came from those trips in my mind was the friendships that deepened with guys like you and Jordan and Dylan on that trip right like those are now memories that are cemented and those are the people that uh, I'm doing life with or that I'm interacting with way more so to have done different interesting things with those people in my mind is where there's a lot more value. So even with Adams have fun, do good. It's interesting because you're meeting new people and you're building new friendships and you're really focused more on that. And then on the side, the do good part is great because maybe they need volunteers for this, that, and the other, but that's not necessarily a place where you can build lasting relationships. And he's hit the nail on the head. Like it is a key ingredient to an amazing adventure. Yeah. Like it is. And he's incorporated into their business and it's really smart what they're doing. Um, also, I love debunking um, the old person's thought of just the useless millennial. <laughs> I, I love being the star rising above and just, yes, getting that pat on the back. Yeah. For really just being a reasonable human. 
getting like the bar is so low like, for I'm doing, all millennials. I'm, just, I'm doing the bare minimum here, but I'm just getting the praises. The bar upon the stars. The bar is just so low that any tiny <laughs> step above just is worthy of all praise. Uh, baby boomers are shocked. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Ah, the millennials. Mm. I mean us. Useless. <laughs> I mean us. Uh, hey, no, but we're we're conforming decent enough. Like they they need to relax a little bit. You're having kids. You already own a house. I now own a house. I'm married off. Like maybe we're in baby boomers. <laughs> everybody just chill <laughs> out. All right. Everybody, calm down. <laughs> Uh, maybe this, we're getting it figured out. Maybe we are the voice of the next generation because you know we can kind of still get stuff done, but we also have that millennial, youthful, adventurous edge. Like our flag would be the tuxedo T-shirt. <laughs> Please no, I think that's so <laughs> mid two thousands. The tuxedo T-shirt is gone, Calvin. Oh, uh, I never got the chance to own. I one. think it's bow ties now. No oh, gosh. <laughs> Bowtie, no tux. All right. Well, what else we got, Jer? We cover uh, all our all our bases here. Yeah, that's that's covering most of the bases. We're probably getting close to twenty minutes. I mean, it, what, what's other things that are going on? It's the it's the Christmas season. People are hustling and bustling and making plans with loved ones. And I was at the Christmas market in Toronto yesterday. That's like what's a, that like? Uh, what's that all about? Uh, it's all about corporate greed. Spend money here. <laughs> No, it was nice. It was in the it's in the distillery district, which is a pretty neat part of Toronto, and they okay, they do it okay. all up, big lights, massive tree. Um, uh, it's it's very much a little uh, you know a little Santa's village feeling, and got it, got it. But the corporate influences are definitely creeping their way in. There's these cute little booths that have like food at them or little gifties, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, lots of corporate folks are starting to buy up the booths. So what usually has a real homey and christmas feel is getting those uh, infiltrations from all angles right, but uh, right. it's kind of got to be that way i mean there's millions no not millions but probably hundreds of thousands of people who go through that christmas market are you a parade guy i am in not into parades no i'm not either i don't get them but i mean the, uh, actually but, I, and i have a beef with parade i have beef with parades actually too because when i was little i would go to parades and there would be these right. people who were throwing handfuls of candy at the kids in the crowd, and I would almost never get one. Oh, dear. They would always throw it, and then it would hit the crowd beside me, and then they'd walk past and then throw another handful. It was always a big well, buzzkill. Well, get this, Jer. A guy I was working with, um, he was driving a float for a local parade, mm-hmm. and he was, uh, he or another guy was uh, throwing candy from the float. Yeah. And uh, was promptly scolded by an official because you're apparently never supposed to do that. You're not supposed to because throw it, candy anymore? It entices kids to run out in the middle of the road and get their candy and then get run over by a float. <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> That's like the only good thing about a float is that you, or about a parade is that you have the potential to maybe get a chintzy little candy cane. This is funny the way this conversation has gone because the last time I was at a parade, I did get run over. How so? So full body, tired, <laughs> no, over the face. I, that that made it sound more dramatic, so people were li- so people would listen to this next part here. Um, but it, it actually did happen. So when we did our a road trip, it was Tyrone, Tim, Zach Grant, and myself, and we did a loop through to Washington D.C. on one of our okay. own. Have fun, yep. do good, open road projects, and we get to Scranton, Pennsylvania. And and Tyrone told this story on episode one, Scranton, Pennsylvania, and it's the office wrap-up party is the next day. It was like this unbelievably serendipitous 
moment where we we love the office we get there on a friday we find out the next day the entire cast is going to be there amazing so the parade is coming down main street and there are all these folks in these cars and we have our guest book that is in the rv and we're getting all the cast right. members to sign the guest book so i run up to meredith's car and i get her to sign my guest book and i hold it out to her and then the ca- she flashes you instead. <laughs> no, she didn't flash me, but the car stops in order to uh, let her sign it. But it stopped right on my foot. The whole the her Beamer convertible just drove right onto my foot, and it then ended up stopping on my foot. And then the se- the security because you because you could kind of go into the street in, at this parade. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like really close to the car, trying to get them to sign it. And then I'm staying there because my foot is caught under the car. And then the security guards are like, sir, could you please back it up? And I was like, well, I would, but the car is kind of on my foot. And then the people around kind of started to moderately freak out, like thinking that I was very injured. Anyways, rolled off and kept going. And I thanked Meredith for the signature. And then my foot hurt for two weeks after that. Did it fully roll over your foot? Like one full rotation? The, like, the car like rolled the, the car rolled onto my foot the tire yeah and then stopped on my foot the entire but how fully on your foot like the entire weight of the car yes the whole f- car was on my foot really I've, I've always wondered how that would feel it was terrible it, <laughs> but it didn't break your foot no like you it rolled on pretty slowly that's why i don't believe that it was fully on because your foot would have been shattered shouldn't it my foot was completely pinned under there man so i don't know if it like i don't know and my, and my I mean, and it was bruised. You, you do come from tires. <laughs> it was bruised. So and I would assume you know how to take, how to withstand a potential tire incident to the foot. You know, if anyone, it's me, right? So if anyone, it's you. So I guess I have proper training, su- <laughs> the background, the education, the experience. So superhuman strength. Uh, her foot rolled over my car. I limped for two weeks, and then and I had a bruise, but it was all better after that. So I hate parades. Is the moral of the story? They are not adventurous. Never go to one. Um, if you do want to find adventure, do some good. That's the tip for today. Do good. Wait, can't you do good from a float? No, you can't. Th- like you said, <laughs> okay. beaming candy off a float <laughs> entices kids to run into traffic. So absolutely not, you can't. Potential danger at all angles. Yeah. So anyways. All right, Jer. Well, there's another episode right this there. Has been, this has been fun. It was good to chat with you today, man. I feel like we're in a, a good mood. Good chat, you me. Good chat, Adam Coons. We have some exciting guests coming up on the podcast. Do we ever? We got a friend of Jeremy Worley's. We got a friend Buckle of, up, uh, listeners. of Hannah Ways coming on. I don't know if they're friends, but she kind of introduced us Woo-hoo! as a person. I reached out to some very interesting adventurers on Instagram, and they said, yes, we will come on the podcast. So we got some fun stuff coming up. Jer, it's been amazing, the, the yeses we've been getting. Oh, I mean, I can't believe it. Can you? People say yes to superstars. Just look at <laughs> Meredith. Just look at Meredith. Said yes to my autograph. She can run over someone's car and they still thank her for an autograph. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. This has been really, uh, really great. Again, please find uh, Have Fun, Do Good on Instagram and uh, go go to Colorado with them. I don't know why you wouldn't. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while and, it, and still haven't found any adventure, uh, go make that happen. If you want to f- go to Colorado, check out the Whirly Co. while you're there. Mm. They're blowing up. Dude, I'm going um, there in April. Welcome, fellow. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to co- you have co- to go, Colorado absolutely. Springs with work, so i got to go down and see those guys. Oh, sick. I know, so I'm pretty pumped about that. But anyways, if you want to find us, Open Road Pod, basically just type that into Google. Share this with your friends if, if you feel so uh, so inclined, and uh, we're going to keep oh, growing the show and keep this thing uh, fired up. 
All right. Until next time, your hosts, Calvin and Jeremy, Open Road Podcast, signing off. We hope this episode helped you find a little more adventure in your everyday.